Yes. Last week, I made you watch the trailer for the upcoming season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I knew somehow you were going to bring this up. I know. And, and I started the episode. I just want to okay. tell you, we're not going to talk about it much, but I want to tell you that shortly after that, Bravo released the first seven minutes of the first episode. Is and, it madness? Um, They start with Jen Shaw's arrest. They start the oh. season with, with a tour bus and all the housewives getting onto the bus because they're going to go on a trip. And Jen's there and she's like, hi. And then she sits down and she goes, oh, I have to take this. And she gets a phone call. And she's like, hi, baby, what's up? And she goes, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. All right. And then she hangs up and she's like, I'm so sorry. She goes to one of the housewives and she says, can you turn off my microphone? So she has another one, which you never see this. You never see behind the curtain. And they turn off yeah. her microphone. And then she's like over at producers and she's like, I've had an emergency. I'm so sorry. I have to go. She's like, I have to leave. She goes, I'm sorry. I'm going to leave. And they're like, oh, fucking no, you don't. You, you are on a TV show. Like, where are you going? <laughs> she gets in her car and leaves with her assistants, her many assistants that she pays for with money we know now that is stolen. And 12 <laughs> minutes later, they even do this on Housewives. It says 12 minutes later, sirens, helicopter, FBI breaking oh news my God. and she ended up what she actually did was she got her lawyer and then went to the courthouse herself so she didn't have to actually be arrested and then i don't know if she uh. posted bail or what but like she didn't have to go to jail but she someone tipped her off and then after all of this with the arrest and her fraud charges yeah the screen says four months earlier and then jumps back it's That's gonna good TV. It's gonna be insane. <laughs> I cannot wait. This is my second plug of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm excited for you. Will I watch it? No, but I'm excited <laughs> for your journey and I'm excited to hear secondhand. Good. I'll give you all the updates. Please do. Not always on the episodes though. <laughs> this can be <laughs> we can you know what? We'll start a Patreon and your bonus if you subscribe to our Patreon that I'm just now making up on the spot, our bonus episodes will be me recapping the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Great. You can do that on your own. Introduce the show. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Hold on. Take I'm a deep exhausted. breath. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. No matter when you're listening, welcome to Poptimist, a pop culture breakdown show focused on optimism. I'm a host. My name's Billy. My sister's over there. She's also a host. What's your name? Dagny. Oh, that's my... me. Gosh, Dagny, it's so good to see you because we haven't seen each other in one week. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's true we just took a week off we did but it does feel like a long time a lot has happened since then yeah um, my boyfriend had a birthday yes he did that's exciting he's old elderly um, ancient decrepit yeah yeah 31 damn um too old too old get him out of here uh honestly i want to get into our thing because i'm assuming we're probably going to talk about i have one thing i want to talk about that's outside of the one movie that we've already somewhat discussed within uh, or outside of the show. Did you have a, by um, the way, by the way, when we were having this phone call and we were talking about this movie, cause we didn't talk about them, but in your head where you were like, we should fucking shut up. We should stop talking to each other yes, about this yes. movie right now and save it for the recording. So dumb. What's yeah, your, I let's, was just, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we both saw a movie separately that we both loved um, because we generally love everything. That's the whole premise of this podcast. Um, but also it has a very high rating on Rotten Tomatoes and that's Shang-Chi. Uh, the newest Marvel film to come out. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Don't cut so the sorry. title short. Even though my, I do have one critique and uh, the movie is called The Legend of the Ten Rings. And maybe it's just the legend of how Shang-Chi got the Ten Rings. But like, we don't we don't know anything about the Ten Rings themselves. <laughs> that is true. There are post-credit scenes. I'm not, I'm going to do everything not to spoil the movie, but 
the in the post credit scenes, they are like, where did these come from? What are, what are they made of? And I was like, we have the whole movie to go over this, but <laughs> I, I can understand that is one critique that we don't really get the legend, but it is how yeah. eventually he acquires them, which yeah, I think so, is common knowledge that that happens. Um, a little <laughs> embarrassed that a, a second second film in theaters post COVID and both of the movies I've seen have been, oh my God, my TV just unmuted itself. Billy, Hold on, I can fix professionals. this. Hey, Google, turn off the living room TV. Let's oh see if it works. God. Turn we have the TV genius. I'm a genius. We have so, to credit Google as a, as a sponsor. A guest now. Yeah. No, but yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so the only two movies back in theaters I've seen have been Marvel films. And I am I that big of a, a nerd and a sellout? Maybe. But, um, they need your money. They're they, really struggling. They, I mean, Chong <laughs> Chi made a ton of money and everyone was shocked. The, yeah, it broke the record for a Labor Day release, like a Labor Day weekend movie release. Did it really? Of all time. Yeah. Wow. Which I was like a little surprised. But at the end, when I saw it in theaters, people applauded. And honestly, it was very good. But it, I don't know if it was necessarily a movie that you like applaud. But I think people just haven't had movie experiences yes. that are this fun in a yes. while. And it all around was just so fun. Yeah. Um, uh, everyone was great. I'm actually still yeah. blown away by the cast. They were so good. Um, um, here's here's some crazy fun facts about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, other than if you don't know, Simu Liu, I think is how you say his last name. I'm a monster. But Simu, who plays Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. um, is an actor who three years ago tweeted at Marvel and said, Hey, Marvel, I want to play Shang-Chi, is basically what he <laughs> tweeted. And yeah. then they then no, he, what, he, Wasn't it like, when are we going to talk about Shang-Chi? I think yes. that's what he tweeted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so he got it. Um, Aquafina, uh, you know her, you love her. She's blowing up more and more. Her sitcom on Comedy Central's great. Uh, Aquafina is Nora from Queens. It's very funny, and she's very, very good in this. I think oh, it's because yes. she gets to be funny and gets to be a real person, which is great. Yeah. And so she's really grounded in reality. But and here's they give her the, uh, character development, which is exciting. <laughs> here's the crazy stuff, and I think I told you some of this. But the actor yeah. who plays Shang Chi's dad is incredible. He's one of the yeah. best written villains Marvel has ever had. He's he so is scary so and charming. Com- <laughs> yes, scary, charming, complex, sympathetic, sad, great. Um, he's like a big actor out of Hong Kong who's never uh, had an English-speaking role before. Um, and he's never been in an American film. And he's phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the actress who plays the sister, um, who I need to look her up, but plays Shang-Chi's sister, has mm-hmm. never acted before. At least in At anything least not in credited, like a credited, yeah, which yeah. is insane she's because so she's good. so. She was probably my favorite character. Yeah, and her haircut, the blunt bob cut. She I love so a blunt good. bob. Yeah. Oh, I do um, not know how to say her first name. Her last name is Zhang. She's in, yeah. Everybody in the movie was incredible. She plays Zhai Ling. She's fantastic. Someone give me yeah. a pronunciation on this. Come on, do it. IMDb. Yes, please text or email us and let <laughs> us know how to say this. Say, her, whatever she's incredible i hope she works forever mm-hmm. because i'll watch her do anything she was so good but yeah honestly yeah. i don't think i don't think marvel like needs our help i don't think this movie needs our plug but if you <laughs> if you haven't seen a marvel film in a while but you want to go have a good time this is an origin film so you don't really have to have seen any of the marvel movies yeah. um there's a you little bit of crossover anything. with dr strange and there's like one passing reference to Endgame, the last avengers movie but honestly it's the best origin film I think they've put out in years. It, it's yeah. it topped both Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel, which I think were the most recent origin films we got. Yeah, those um, are really fun. 
Um, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's just filmed so cool. There's a lot, I'm ranting about this. Please feel free to interrupt me. Wait, like, just, I want you to tell the one, one other thing before I just briefly mention my thing that I want to talk about. Can you talk about the, the shot, the Kill Bill oh, shot? Oh yeah, well that's what about? I wanted. There's a lot of, of things that are references to a bunch of other martial arts films. Cause Shang-Chi is mm-hmm. the master of martial arts in the Marvel universe. Um, mm-hmm. and my favorite is, is in one of the fight sequences towards the end, the sister has, oh God, it's like a Connie tied to a rope. I don't even know. It's a knife on a string, okay? It's got a, <laughs> it's got a real term in the land of martial arts that I should know. But uh, at one point she walks up with the weapon and she drops the counterweight and the camera goes underneath her and it's, an, it's exactly the shot from Kill Bill when Gogo walks down the steps with her flail and mm-hmm. she drops the counterweight. Like it's clearly a reference to Kill Bill, which is great. My but a coworker movie. of mine pointed out that um, the bus fight towards the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. the camera goes outside so the bus for a period and he mm-hmm. fights and you go like looking in the windows and it's old boy. Mm-hmm. That's the, it's like an old boy reference to the famous yeah. hallway fight in old boy. So it's like filled with martial arts references. There's this amazing fight at the very beginning in a flashback um, that is very Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but also just like a love letter to all of these Chinese martial arts films going back years and years. Oh, the forest one? The forest fight with the water oh, yeah. and the wind uh, and the it's leaves. It's so beautiful. Uh, it's like it's a so dance good. and a fight. Uh, yeah, it was so yeah, good. That fight was, that, that fight, I was like, I like, because the movie starts you off strong and that mm-hmm. fight, five minutes in, I was like, oh, I am yeah. sold on this film. I am here for this. Let's it go. Was, it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can talk about it forever, but again, they don't need our sponsorship. <laughs> no, I, I do want to say we went to a we went to a three p.m. showing at the Grove because mm-hmm. uh, uh, the boyfriend has a bunch of AMC passes, so yeah. we're like uh, AMC you're cheap. And uh, <laughs> as we walked in, there was a group of like eight teenage boys who I were they're like, yeah, you want to go see Shang Chi? Yeah, let's go. And I was like, oh no. Um, <laughs> and this is just a PSA that's like, hey, maybe the three p.m. shows are cheaper but they're also filled with unsupervised teenagers. And I'm definitely turning into an old man because fuck them kids. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I want to tell one thing. One thing really, really quick. I was going to say, what's your one thing? Um, And it'll be like truly two minutes, maybe. Uh, Only because there's been a TV show. Surprise, I watched another TV show. Uh, Added another one to my list because I watch so much TV. But I want to talk about it because it's a show about a podcast. And it's uh, only murders in the building, which is oh, with, with the, um, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, which seems like the most weird compilation yes. of the three main characters of this TV show. And it is a delight. Tina Fey's in it briefly. I think she might be a producer on it. I'm not sure exactly, but she is. She plays um, the host of a really popular podcast that like inspires the three of them to start their podcast okay. and she's very much like um what's the what's the serial uh the podcast serial so, yeah that's like basically she's mocking not mocking mimicking that uh same mm-hmm. voice so today on Poptimist, we're going to be talking about the latest Marvel release, Shang-Chi, yes. and then we'll be talking about the newest comedy offering from Steve Martin and Martin Short with Selena Gomez, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about some other bullshit, but I will never, ever, <laughs> ever get any louder than this. Someone yes. has been murdered. Um, it's exactly <laughs> it. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, so I just, I'm not going to get too much into it. Um, it's fun. It's got, obviously, murder, uh, very, like 
expensive New York lifestyle. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. There's been some really in like shocking twists and turns that I that honestly got me. I was not I was genuinely surprised by some of the reveals that have happened. Um, yeah, it's it's campy and kind of it's like weird at times, but it works. Um, and it's very fun just to see like Steve Martin and Martin Short in something. It's been yeah, I love a minute since I've watched them and good on Hulu for casting them in this very fun show. I um, think they developed it together. Honestly, all three of them are producers are like executive okay. producers on the show. Oh, Miss um, Gomez. Yeah. And she's great. I, I forget how talented Selena Gomez is. She's such a good actress, Yes. Um, which might be a hot take. I don't think so at this point. She's generally regarded as talented. I think, um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, we can, uh, Billy, do you want to bring in our guest? That's all I wanted to say is just plug. I do, I do. So here on Poptimist every week, we have a new exciting guest and that guest brings in something from pop culture to talk about and it should be something that they love that is either obscure or uh, disliked by the population at large (laughs) and our extra special, uh, gosh, you you know what? My introduction should be smooth and I just got a huge hiccup. Here we go, ready? (laughs) And our extra special guest this week is Taylor Repke. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Uh, How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Nice. I want to ask, we're we're in Los Angeles. Where are you joining us from this week? I am joining you from Jacksonville, North Carolina. Where I Ooh, East Coast. Yep. Nice. Nice. Yes, I was actually going to ask because I was like, I know you're on the East Coast, but I wasn't sure because uh, at first I was like a two hour difference because I assumed that you were installed in Texas. For the listeners mm-hmm. at home, we all grew up in the same hometown um, yeah, yeah. in good old Denton, Texas. But very cool. North Carolina is a lovely state. We went to the Biltmore once. <laughs> so that's our reference of North Carolina. But it's, it seems like a very lovely, lovely state. Uh, it's it's we're actually considering when I when I'm out when I'm out of the military because that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing out here I'm stationed out here um, we do intend to remain out here we just want to move a little bit away from the coast because yeah. the uh, the remnants of Florence are still here uh, Hurricane Florence Ooh. from a few years ago there's still plenty of places getting repaired um, wow from when uh, Florence came through and just totally wrecked the coast. Wow. So it was very much, uh, we don't want to live right on the coast. But we'd love <laughs> to be able to come like to the beach on the weekend or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But we, we yeah, so we nice. like it here. We like it here. That's cool. I like North Carolina, but yes, yeah, I mean, we, we drove through when we were younger and the parents wanted to see the Biltmore and Ashland. Uh, is it that right? Ashland, North Carolina. And so they, we stopped for a day just to do that. And, uh, who buddy is pretty, but it's yeah. nice. It is very pretty. Uh, well, if we want to just jump right in, Taylor, what did you bring in for us today? We already know the the type of thing, but it's a video for the game. people, I'm it is sorry. a video, video game. <laughs> video game yeah, episode. So That's a, right. As I was telling y'all earlier, I'm normally the critical guy, so I had to kind of think really hard about this, and I was like, "What's one video game that I really love that like the majority hates?" And <laughs> I wanted to. I was going to do The Last of Us 2, but then I realized that that actually had like a really good review score. It just got user bombed. Yeah. Like it was cool. Um, <laughs> it was cool. That but what, was a good video which game. Was, was panned by critics and fans alike. I am a huge fan of the video game Anthem. Anthem. Okay, nice. this is going to um, be. <laughs> which is funny because if if you go watch one of the videos on my YouTube, I, I rip Anthem a new one. Um, because 
you know, if you love something, you can still be able to criticize it. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> Anthem should have been better. Yes. But I think it's still good. Um, and I will still, I've platinumed it on PlayStation. I've done all the achievements. I've found all the extra lore. <laughs> uh, anytime that they rotated events, I know that they're, um, for anybody who doesn't know, mm-hmm. Anthem is a video game made by the gaming company Bioware, which is notorious for, uh, famous for actually, I shouldn't say notorious, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, Jade Empire, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, these big role-playing games um, that focus more on your relationships with people more than the combat. The dialogue is what carries these games. The written mm-hmm. story is what carries these games. And that's what I love in video games. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of the, you know, fast-paced action-y shooter stuff that's kind of eclipsed everything else. I love big stories. Um, yeah. So I actually, I so think Billy uh, would agree with you on that. He oh yeah. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Bioware fan. I got the mass effect collection recently and I, I finally, too, yeah. I finally, cause it's so massive. The lockdown actually gave me time to, for the first time ever finish dragon age inquisition, which yeah. um, is a very flawed game with a phenomenal story. I really Absolutely. loved it. It's too big. Absolutely. This is my hot take on, on Dragon Age Inquisition. I don't need eight open world maps where I go pick up shards. All right. I don't need that much extra nonsense to do. That's why this is this is yeah, my my Dragon Age hot take is Dragon Age 2 is the best Dragon Age. Um, because it takes place all in one city and it's all story focused. And and, mm-hmm. and then they, they went a little bit too too next gen hardcore with Inquisition. But we got a Dragon Age 4 coming up, so we'll see what they do. Maybe they'll make it smaller and more. Whatever. Seems but like yes, never, I love Bioware. It, yeah. EA um, got their mitts into Bioware and they were just like money. And there's like, you can do all this stuff. And they're like, okay, let's <laughs> do this, 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 this. Gave an inch, take a mile <laughs> kind of thing. And nobody told them, okay, stop. <laughs> yeah. I was doing, but, so uh, listeners, there's a, in Dragon Age Inquisition, in every single map, there's these shards you can collect. And then in this other map in the desert, there's this like dungeon where the more shards you have, doors can unlock and you get rewards. And, and, at, after you get all the shards, you can open the last door. And let me tell you, it's not it's worth it. Nothing happens. <laughs> it's literally just like, you did it. Thumbs up. And you're like, okay. Um, and then like, do I get like a cool sword or whatever? They're like, you get an okay sword. It's a fine <laughs> sword. Um, See, I like, I like trophy hunting on my PlayStation. So I, I, uh, I made one wrong decision in, uh, in Dragon Age Inquisition. That requires you to go back and replay the whole story. Just it's the only trophy I did not get, and I was like, "You have got to be kidding me!" My save file is sitting at eighty hours now. I am not doing this. <laughs> so, it's like a blight on my on my trophies page right now. I've got Mass Effect or uh, Dragon Age Inquisition ninety eight percent. I'm just like, "Come on, damn trophy ninety eight, yikes." Um, uh, so real quick, similar to the uh, Hitman episode, um, I kind of talked about how video games, I <laughs> play Animal Crossing. Um, I basically grew up watching Billy play video games. I really genuinely enjoy watching people play video games. I'm not particularly that good at them. Probably could be if I put in more time. Um, but uh, so basically, I just wanted to ask you because I don't know a lot about Anthem. Um, mm-hmm. Mass Effect and a few other games that we that you guys already mentioned, I 
know a little bit about from Billy telling me about it or me watching him play them at some point. But can you break down for me and, so, and the listeners at home that don't and know? Me. Um, and yeah, and, uh, yeah, Billy, I don't know if you know Anthem that well, but um, can you tell us what Anthem is about? Kind of the gameplay in general, yeah. and then the the response to it. So yeah, so I'm sure you. It, uh, I had used I had a pencil. I feel like you have some research written down. I I <laughs> have a habit of rambling, as I'm sure y'all have already noticed. Um, so <laughs> I have to I have to track myself, otherwise I'll go off on tangents. Um, <laughs> Bioware was already kind of in a downward nosedive at this point inquisition came out and people were upset with how bloated it was but took it as to them i think they moved to the frostbite they had just moved engines yeah and they were they were riding high still off the end of mass effect um and so you had the mass effect 3 ending scandal and then you had dragon age inquisition being stupid bloated and then you had mass effect andromeda which was just a mess um Another game that was fun to play for its combat, but its story was just awful. Um, and mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the gameplay was still awful, too. It was a pain to get through. And then they step back and they're like, we're going to make a new IP. Um, and they called it Anthem. Um, and the trailers leading up to it, I mean, they were advertising this thing for years. I think the first trailer was like in 2016 or something. Yeah, because um, I, remember, I remember the E3 showcase where it's just, they. it's like a, a guy in this really awesome like space marine suit of armor of some kind on a cliff and there's this beautiful forested planet below him and then he jumps off the cliff and then his suit is like flying and gliding and they're like going through caves and under trees and it's stunningly gorgeous and huge open world and it was like okay bioware (laughs) (laughs) it was uh that trailer was what made me finally that trailer and the eventual what happened with it was what made me finally say I will never trust a pre-rendered trailer ever again. <laughs> um, it uh, so in in the build up to it, it was obvious that it was going to be a looter shooter, which is like uh, Borderlands, Destiny, anything to where each weapon that you pick up has its own score. Um, mm-hmm. Same with armor and stuff like that, and that score develops to an average, which affects how you contend with the rest of the world. Um, what caught my eye about it though, was they went, sorry, they went the, uh, the destiny route with actually having classes. You, you fly, he was talking about the pseudo armor thing. Um, you operate, they call them javelins and there's Mm -hmm. four different kinds. Um, you got your, your fast boy, your tanky boy, your guns boy, and then your (laughs) elemental boy. Uh, it's it's there's something there for everybody i and you know i jumped in and i was like i'm gonna be the elemental guy and then i was like nope i'm gonna be the tank guy this is too much fun um (laughs) but what was really cool about it was they incorporated something that they started in andromeda and this is something i love about video games is watching developers like take little bits and pieces of other games and kind of frankenstein's monster another game uh in andromeda they had what was called they didn't even call it anything i call it a priming system to where you'll use one elemental attack to prime an enemy and then a different element against a primed enemy will ignite it and cause them to explode. And you can make combos of this stuff to where you can clear entire fields of enemies like that. Um, Okay, so like you could like freeze somebody and then like hit them with a fireball and just... Exactly. Awesome. Um, One of my favorite things to do was with the Colossus, the tanky boys, you'd you'd fire a flame (laughs) mortar into a group of enemies 
And then he had this Earthshaker melee to where you'd be flying above him, you'd use your flamethrower, flame mortar. And as that mortar rounds traveling into the enemies, you can start like your your Superman dive into them. And they'll both collide at the same Sick. time and just wipe everything out. It was <laughs> it was unbelievably satisfying. And and that's getting into where where I loved it was the combat felt so good when it was done right. Um nice. And they had these, uh, but they had these priming systems and they bounced off of the different javelin skills. So one javelin could be built to um, be a primer and specifically run around and prime all the enemies while everybody else was out there um, using detonators to be able to kill enemies faster. It, it was built on teamwork. It was obvious that somebody at the design board was like, we are going to make this teamwork centric. And then somewhere in the builds, that somebody took that and balled it up and threw it out the window because <laughs> the builds were in no way able to piggyback off each other. But at the same time, you never really needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, was, yeah, it didn't feel as balanced as it could have been. Well, there was the enemy diversity was very poor. Um, they mm-hmm. did not. It was obviously spent a lot of time making these this big, big, beautiful world, but not a lot of time putting stuff in it. Um, (laughs) it was, it was, I called it a big, beautiful world of empty. Um, and most of the, most of the enemies are kind of just copy pasted, but you get into the higher levels and that's, that's once you power through the story, because I will admit the story is a joke. Um, (laughs) and you finally get to the open world and you're not following the scripted storyline the game gave you. Mm -hmm. The organic world is fun running around. There's a bunch of random events happening. There's a bunch of dungeons that you can go in and explore yourself i wanted to explore this world this was the first world that in a while i didn't want a waypoint i Mm -hmm. wanted to know my objective is in this general direction i'll get there when i get there um i want to there's this giant monster skeleton looking thing that goes through the wall and i want to fly through its spine and see where it ends (laughs) up and then oh look at this chest over here i'm gonna do i can spend hours just doing nothing in that game Yes. And it's you don't you don't get that anymore. Everything's so handheld nowadays in games to where they're like, okay, mm-hmm. come over here, now hide behind this wall, now get down. Okay, you're a little hurt, use a med kit. And it, it was it was nothing like that at all. It kind of did nice. at one point just throw you into the world and was like, do all this. How do I do it? I don't know, I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> That's um uh I just I talked about it a few weeks ago, but I just recently finally beat Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. and i still uh, have not beat it <laughs> it's so big it's so, so massive <laughs> it's but it's it does that thing too where it's like why did it take you so because if you just go story mission to story mission to story mission because you'll read reviews that they're like red Dead redemption 2 is a 60 hour game and i'm like what are you talking about mm-hmm. who can possibly do this in 60 hours and, and it's like this. yeah and it's it's because red dead the world is so lush it's like, well, I know I have to go like rob a bank with the gang, but like, what if I just went fishing for two hours instead? What, like, <laughs> there's so much other stuff to do at all times. That was, that was, and that's what's funny is you say 60 hour game. And most times I sit there and I think 60 hour games, that's a solid game. And I'm like, Red yeah. Dead Redemption, you, what did you even, did you just yeah. power through the story mission? Yeah. It's at I least, I, I would describe that as a 100 hour game. Yeah. A hundred yeah, hour game. Pushing three digits. And I just found out the big plot twist moment with Morgan. I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't gotten there yet. Um, Because it was, I I loved Red Dead Redemption 2. And that was one of the things was Morgan's character. Because if you played the first one, you know, 
something happens to Morgan at something at some point. Cause, yeah, because so he's one, not in the first one, which was a, yeah. a, 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 this takes place before that. It's oh, yeah, it's Red Dead Redemption Two is a, like a prequel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Red Dead Redemption One is probably one of my favorite video game characters of all time. Yeah. He oh, is yeah, a he's really well written master he's, created character. He's uh, they I I describe him his arc in the story as he is a piece of shit who over the course of the game realizes he didn't have to be this way. He mm-hmm. slowly realizes that he could have been a good man from the beginning. Hmm. and okay. he's his life was completely uh, like so when at the beginning of the game he thinks he's got everything in control he's this badass gunfighter outlaw and the course of the game is him realizing how bad of a person he's been and hmm. that he he probably is a good person at his core but he never gave that the time of day and he's really interesting and really well written and then it, the whole game is just such a slow burn Hmm. Um, but yeah, Red Dead 1 takes place in 1911, and it's really about the death of the Old West. And this one is mm-hmm. uh, 1899 and 1900, and it's about the last of the outlaws. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, so, okay. so if we get a third one, maybe we'll get to be like 1860s full-on insanity, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll play as, uh, what's his name's kid in the third one, trying to do- still cling to the Old West. Yeah, you could do, it could be him, it could be the son, it could be a prequel about Hosea, because I love Hosea in the second one. Mm-hmm. Or, um, they could go full nuts, go crazy, let us play as Sadie Adler, the the woman you rescue at the beginning of the game who slowly becomes an outlaw herself. Okay, yeah. I'm sitting there, it's, it's been a while since I've touched yeah. it. Yeah. She gets uh, a lot of, she gets a lot of development, especially through the end of the game, where I was like, do we want a full Sadie game? I'd play a full, she's crazy. I'd do I it. Absolutely. This. She yeah. was great. Yeah. No, I, uh, my PlayStation 4's disk drive broke a few months ago. And oh. I was like, well, time to get in touch with a scalper. Um, <laughs> managed, I actually managed to snag a PS5. And so that's, that's one of the games I need to sit down oh, nice. and play again. Yeah. Uh, I need to, I need to pop I that mean, boy in and play the- it. Only reason I finished Red Dead 2, the only finished reason I finished Dragon Age Inquisition was because I was unemployed for a year and a half, <laughs> staying in my apartment. Oh, that's dope. They send us back overseas for this whole med board thing, and literally I just check in twice a day. So once I get my sister <laughs> back into daycare, it's it's a physical check-in, so I do have to go. I mean, I'm not complaining. Um, I'm getting I'm getting a solid paycheck to show up for a total of an hour a day, so <laughs> um, We... Uh, but yeah, once we get our daughter back into daycare, we're on a wait list for daycares right now. And once we get her back into daycare, I'm going to have all the free time and knock out all the games. And then I am definitely going to go back and play Anthem again, though, because yeah. nice. it's just. Yeah. So, so Anthem. Circling back to Anthem. Yes. I just yeah, I just looked it up. Um, it, I you didn't realize it came like out to... in 2019. So it's relatively mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a. I had well one. It has a fifty-six percent, which isn't terrible. Um, uh, that's probably like, gone up. Metacritic score. It's got a fifty-four on Metacritic, but its user score is three point five. Oh, um, out of 10. okay. And uh, oh, out of ten. I was going to say out of five. That's not bad. <laughs> out of ten. And that was the thing. Was Bioware? Everybody kind of looked at Bioware when it came out, and they were like, "Are you fucking serious?" Um, <laughs> And this was also the same time that EA EA was sticking its fingers in their company's uh, business, and they had mm-hmm. just acquisitioned Respawn Entertainment, known for making uh, the Titanfall series. Um, mm. Yeah, and anybody who's played Titanfall two knows that they're like this is really good single player campaign and shooting mechanics, and it's awesome. Titanfall two is my favorite shooter of all time, and 
at that time they were like ea was like we've got the rights to the star wars game that's going to be deep story melee combat focused um we're going to give that to the shooter guys and then here we got the <laughs> shooter ip um with big mech suits and stuff like that we're going to give this to the fantasy melee guys and it was like what is ea doing what are y'all doing <laughs> Um, is that and that's the Star Wars game with the the redhead from uh, Jedi Fallen uh, Order? Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, and that, that, that game out of the park, man. Yeah, but even though it was, it, it's a blast to play. Uh, I played it like six months after it came out, and it still was filled with bugs. I was like, "What are we?" Oh, really? Yeah, I actually. Oh. So there's a there's a point in the game where he gets to when he finally fixes his lightsaber, and you get to like pick the color pick mm. the hilt and you have two lightsabers that can hook together or you can do like the staff and nice. i i got that lightsaber at the wrong point in the game it like <laughs> gave it to me a one boss fight too early or like right after it like it was just like i found like a random light because there's there's like tool stations around the game and you can just like uh -huh. find it to like fix your lightsaber and i just found one and it triggered the cutscene of him fixing his lightsaber before and he actually like found the crystal to be able to do it or something like that yes and so, like, then later he was like, I got the crystals. And I was like, I, I already did this. I already made the lightsaber. <laughs> weird, weird little bugs. Like, nothing game-breaking, luckily, but just, like, weird little bugs like that. And then, like, mm. like in the cutscene, sometimes, like, he wouldn't have the lightsabers. He'd just be like, with nothing. And I was like, what are we doing here, Cam? <laughs> I guess I played it a little later then because yeah. uh, my wife got it for me for my birthday one year. Yeah. And nice. it was one of those ones that I played it and I realized it was a Souls-like. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, hard uh, boss fights. Surprisingly hard boss fights. Souls likes were the one genre I just could not get into for the longest Same. time. And then uh, Sekiro came out and the fast paced action got me into it. And I was like, yes, all right, go back. I'm going to play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because I love Star Wars. For my birthday or Christmas, whatever, a couple years ago, Taylor Swain bought me Bloodborne as a prank because <laughs> someone had given him Bloodborne and he thought it was unbelievably difficult and couldn't get past like the first level. And then it was on sale, so he bought it for me. And I'm also in the same boat. I don't like it. I don't like the whole Souls. <laughs> that was that genre. was the first one I ever played was Bloodborne, and I, I was like, I hit up my buddy. I was like, How do you level up? And he's like, You gotta beat the first boss. And I was like, I can't beat the first boss without leveling up, man. Come on, where's the <laughs> difficulty? <laughs> Not Taylor Swain. That's a name drop. Uh, oh yeah, that's the yeah. the only other Taylor we've had on the show before. Um, <laughs> What one of the episodes up? i can't wait i can't wait to he get is. there then oh yeah it's yeah. fun what did no, you he bought me bloodborne fully as a print he talked about godzilla films oh yes american yeah, godzilla episodes. films yeah oh. it's yeah. great uh, yeah. The, uh so uh, uh i'm gonna i'm gonna try and circle back to anthem but, yeah so dagny dagny so anthem was hyped in three years before launch and it was, so it was like, Bioware's got a new project, so everyone was like, okay, well, when Mass Effect 1 came out, it blew us away. When Dragon Age 1 came out, it blew us away. And then they both had successful trilogies. Here we go with another IP. And the, the reaction to the game's release, from what I remember, was basically, Bioware released an unfinished game. Or it was like, it was, I don't remember if it was unfinished or just buggy. But people were irritated. It was very, irritated. very, very buggy. They promised a big open world, uh, a changing world. That was the thing that they they never stated yes. that it wasn't going to be there. They just stopped bringing it up in, in promotions at one point, <laughs> and people didn't notice it until the game came out, and they were like, you said it was going to be a 
changing game. And they were like, yeah, we stopped saying that. And they were like, okay, that doesn't, doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make uh, it that originally, still, that's what you promised. It's, it's just like, yeah, could you imagine like, being on trial for murder and being like, yeah, I totally didn't murder that guy. And then you just stop saying it for a while and be like, was I lying? <laughs> and that's pretty much what they did was, but it just, you'd play through the campaign and you'd have all the fun of playing because it was, if you ever wanted a game that made you feel like Iron Man, this is it. Um, the flight <laughs> nice. was fun. It had a cooldown mechanic that a lot of people complain about, but I liked it because it kept you from just sitting in the air the whole time and being like, oh, ha, 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 I'm God. Here's fire. Here's ice. Die. Um, and so it was it was good. And there was enough stuff throughout the world. You could fly through like the tops of waterfalls and it would cool your jets. So it was never did I fly through the world and oh, cool. like overheat to the point that I was like, all right, this is annoying. I'd find stuff to fly through. And you could fly into the water, which was another oh, spot that was just cool. poorly explored. They had such a cool opportunity to put a whole second layer to the game that they just only in like two or three spots really did anything with. Um, and But then the end game. That's the thing about looter shooters is looter shooters are built around their end game. You get to the end game. And there's not, there's literally not an end game. They're just like, you want to go back and replay, replay the the strongholds? We're like, no. Where's your, where's your cool masterwork weapons or your legendary or exotic weapons? And they're like, oh, they're the same as all the other weapons we have. They're just got a skin change. Just like that's that's <laughs> oh. not how you do legendaries or exotics. Yeah. So um, um, the boyfriend and I are Borderlands fans. Him especially. I love Borderlands. And we, and we played all of them together. We played the third one together when it comes out, and that's why borderlands works because you beat the story and the game goes hey if you do all that again your guns are going to get stupider and you're like how how stupid are we talking and they're like oh <laughs> real stupid and that's like <laughs> that's like why you keep playing that's why you go back and do it again because it's like well i just found a gun that shoots other smaller guns that then grow legs and chase people and then explode like that's uh, it's that's the whole mechanic my favorite, my favorite gun when describing how wacky the guns get is from Borderlands 2 Assault on uh, Dragon's Keep. The Tiny Tina DLC is uh, you get a, a, a shotgun that shoots swords that explodes <laughs> into smaller swords. Oh, uh, I love that. <laughs> it's, I love it. Speaking of Borderlands, I don't know if you saw, Billy. They're Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I was I was screaming in my living room when I saw that trailer. <laughs> and so then I read all of, all of these like video game journalists are like, and Tiny Tina's the worst character in Borderlands, and she's not funny, and this whole thing is cringe. And I was like, how she dare you? My favorite character. I love Tiny Tina. I love Tiny Tina. I have a, this sounds like a children's right TV now? show. No. It's she's all, a psychopathic eight. She's introduced in Borderlands Two as a psychopathic eight year old. Oh, and then I now in Borderlands 3, I mean, she's like 20, but she's still insane. Yeah, I'm literally she's still imagining crazy. She's they're like expert. the the girl from Wreck It Ralph. That's what I'm picturing. The little girl. What is her yes. name? That's, okay. That's what uh, I'm imagining her in right. just like a glitch, combat world. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. Her abilities. So, yeah. And then Dagny, yeah. Tiny Tina's Wonderland is going to be <laughs> basically in the world of Borderlands. She is the dungeon master for like a, a Dungeons and Dragons type game. Oh, but bunkers fun. and badasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, it's they they the whole game instead of being sci-fi is like this fantasy role-playing world, but because it's Borderlands, it's like she in the trailer she's like, "Why does this fantasy world have guns? 
don't ask questions. And so you're like a wizard <laughs> with a shotgun. Like it's going to be. It's, it's a playoff so of see from Borderlands 2, which was so yeah. well received because it, it took the piss out of fantasy games and yes. culture and everything fantasy so hard but it's like literally the first thing you do is you walk in there and she's like you step into the world and it smells like butts and dead people and your character goes wow it smells like butts and dead people and it's it's just it it's it does not <laughs> hesitate to make fun of itself right that's so fun and now that they're they're making fun. a whole game based on it but it nice Again, off topic. So. <laughs> no, it's great. Tiny Tina. This happened. We have what? I think just one other episode. The the Hitman episode is the only other video game we've talked about. And mm-hmm. then that also happened. We were like, oh, and this game. This game was also great because it just like we segued casually into it. Um, like Billy, so I just I, expect that. <laughs> I see Billy throwing in references to video games in there all the time, too, though. Like oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. You and I need to play Dead by Daylight together at some point. That's um, about Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight I love Dead by Daylight, but then you were talking about Dragon Age Inquisition that one time, and then you were talking about Dorian, and I'm just like, I am in love with Dorian. I, <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I didn't, end up, I didn't romance Dorian, even though it, I tried, I tried so, I tried so hard to get into a polyamorous relationship with Dorian and Bull, <laughs> and, and Bull? the game would, and the game tried to do polyamorous to somebody else. Like I guarantee yeah. you, it's Bull. <laughs> yeah, no, and the game would not let me. I got to the point where it was like both of them. Every like time I talked to them, it was like start a relationship with Bull, start a relationship with Dorian. I was like both. both. They'd be fine with it, and the game was like we didn't program that, and I was like how dare you so i went with bull because i love him and that actually um apparently a lot of people never went down the the romance route with bull and it's really well written it doesn't hurt that it's a freddie prince jr too i think it's freddie prince jr is bull iron bull yeah that's crazy um yeah because it starts i mean this is this is a a little bit of a a pg-13 alert for new listening because the way Bull's relationship is written it's written as just like a like bdsm sex only relationship uh-huh. That oh, if you wow. if you keep doing it, it gets more and more romantic, and That's so it, it, yeah, and so literally the game is like you, the Inquisitor, are just like sleeping with Bull because your job is stressful, <laughs> and it's like it's like yeah, you're gonna go and like Bull's gonna beat you up and tie you up, and then you can go back to running everything. But the more you do it, eventually you're like, hey, by the way, um, I'm in love with you, and I just want you to know that. And he's like, oh, me too, actually. Um, and then you can go hunt dragons together and he says romantic things while you're fighting. It's great. Nice. It's okay. that's what yeah. Dorian does the same thing. Cause that's who I ended up with. I played as a canary and then I had Dorian oh, gotcha. and it was, it was beautiful. It was like a beauty and the beast moment during that one mission where you got to do all the court intrigue and stuff. And you dance with whoever yes. your romantic partner is at the end to our yes. little Dorian there with my big ass, you know, canary dude with his horns and stuff <laughs> dancing around the place. But then he'll do stuff like that while you're out doing a mission and stuff. And your your guy will make a joke. Yeah. And Dorian will be like, that's what I love about you. And I'm just like, oh, Dorian, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently if you don't romance Dorian or Bull but have a good relationship with them, they get with each other. And then oh. you can take them on missions and they flirt with each other while you're running around. And I was like, oh, I want to go replay it now. I endorse that. Uh, and shout, and out, shout out to Dorian because no RPG had ever done a gay character that wasn't bisexual. Even in all the Mass oh. Effect games, it was always one. like, oh, you're right, the third one. Mass Effect gives mm-hmm. you a gay partner in, in Mass Effect 3, finally. The after pilot, yep. Yeah. But like, but then they kill them. yes, stupid <laughs> assholes, sorry. Um, 
Always kill. But yeah, so like like in all of their games, it was like you could be a lesbian, but then she could if you had a male character, you could also still date her because she was bisexual. Mm-hmm. And and Dorian, it was a big deal that, that like if you had a woman inquisitor, Dorian would be like, I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. Which had it would never it, he was like explicitly written as gay. And it was like, Yes, we finally got one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what as as terrible as this might sound, when I first played it, I was sitting there and I was talking to my wife while I was playing it. And I was like, this guy's confusing me. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, I can't tell if he's gay or just really British. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's written great. like that. He's just like, I'm, yes. I'm like, I can't. You make a move, man, because I can't tell if I'm if I'm going to try to romance you. And you're going to be like, dude, what the hell? Um. Yeah, he's a snarky, wealthy mage with a curly mustache and a great haircut. And it could have gone either gorgeous. way. Yeah. yeah, he was either he was either gay or he was going to be the secret villain, like one of the two. <laughs> yeah, and okay, that's I want. Oh, sorry. Know, this actually helps play into the the anthem part. Is like he and I have mm-hmm. gone in depth over like different characters from other Bioware games. You know how many characters I can do that with an anthem? None. <laughs> but I still, I still love it. The gameplay, the gameplay was just so perfect. You that's felt so rough. Like a badass. I, there were so many times I would play this game and I'd turn around in, in Japan, which is where I was before here when this game came out, our kitchen slash living area was all kind of in the same spot. It was just like one big yeah. rectangle with a kitchen in the corner. And so mm-hmm. our sofa was in front of the kitchen and I would like turn around, I'd be playing a game and I'd be like, damn, and I'd turn around, I'd look at my wife, I'd be like, babe, you just see that shit? And I just <laughs> had to play. And it was, there's so many moments where you just, you feel like a badass. And that's what you can't get that in just a normal shooter. It's the three dimensional world. Yeah. That just needed a little bit more, but it still had enough for me to go. I will. I am definitely going to hop on and play it after this because I've hyped myself <laughs> up. I'm like, I want to go play. I want to go blow stuff up. I want to go fly around and then slam down on some unsuspecting dude who didn't see me from three miles away. Yeah. That's rough when right it's, there. I mean, and I, that's rough too. when it's like, I love this one aspect of this game and I can see all of the flaws. I can see every reason people hate it, but they did this so well and I cannot get enough of it. It's like, um, this game isn't like bad or anything, but it never was a hit and it definitely was nitpicked. But I I love both Mirror's Edge games, which are first person yes. parkour action games. Mm-hmm. And people will tell me why they don't like them. People will tell me the problems with it. And I was like, sure, but also They're I fun. eat it up. Oh, here's a better example. Cause I've never talked about this game on the show. I, one of the most profound video game experiences I've ever had was playing Death Stranding, which came out at the end of 2019, <laughs> which is- Game of the uh, year hit, 2019 for me. I, on, and, and every bad review, every person who said they couldn't beat it, every person who talks about why it's bad, I agree with all of their points. They are Death absolutely correct. I considered talking about today. Yeah, yeah but it just, everything about it that they didn't like worked for me hit me right. I was like, no, I loved I loved that you had to walk the actual physical distances. Dang, do you know anything about Death Stranding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've told me about it. And also, yeah. my boyfriend shit really, on it. He never really played it, com- but he was like, oh. this doesn't seem like fun. And I was like, I've really compelling, Yeah, really compelling sci-fi world, really phenomenal acting, really interesting, slow-burning story, but the gameplay is you're an Amazon, you're basically an Amazon delivery guy. <laughs> yeah. But you're dodging invisible ghosts at the same time. That's, I remember when I first played it, that first BT field 
And yes. there's, a, there's a like sense of progression to it too. A really yes. good sense of progression. That first BT field had me on the edge of my seat so hard trying to navigate. And I'm just like, this is freaking nuts. I got to yeah. do this how many times from here All on out? All yeah. And it's, it still blows my mind that this game actually came out before the pandemic. Yes. Because it's, 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 it relates to the pandemic so hard. <laughs> yeah. So like Dagny, the, uh, basically whatever caused earth to get weird, um, and have these like invisible ghosts show up. One of the other side effects is ca- uh, uh, this rain that makes time go by faster. Oh, so okay. people live in bunkers because the ghosts will kill them and mm. the rain will age you. And so like whenever it starts to raining, your guy gets like a hood and his hands are all covered. But like, um, one of the characters is named Fragile, and it's played by Leah Sado, who's amazing. And you learn part of the way through the game that she's all covered up because this asshole at one point shoved her out in the rain wearing just like a motorcycle helmet. And oh. so when she like gets her skin uncovered, she's got like an old lady body all the way up to her neck. Weird. Um, and so, That's so cool. people are all isolated. They don't leave their homes, and you are their only connection to the outside world. You're hooking them up to this new kind of internet so they can communicate with people, but you're also bringing them supplies. Oh, and so it has okay. this really kind of nice pandemic mirror story to it. Hmm. Um, my Neat. favorite thing about Death Stranding, though, is in the game, it is part of the lore that if someone dies, you have 24 to 48 hours to get the dead body into an incinerator. Otherwise, they become one of these invisible ghosts, and that process causes an explosion. Mm-hmm. So oh, later in the shoot. game, when you actually get lethal weapons, because it takes a long time to actually get a gun that can kill someone, hmm. um, the game is like, hey, but like, if you kill anybody, you have to go move that body. You have to put that body, all the packages you've got, fuck them. You have to get that body onto your back and carry it to the incinerator. And if you don't, it will explode, and then that crater is a part of the map for the rest of the game. You've just created mm-hmm. a crater now. The the, the world is the world is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, once you unlike Anthem, <laughs> unlike Anthem, yeah, that's uh, Anthem. You want to you want to take notes on how to do it right. Hit up Hideo Kojima, um, yeah. and he and you know that's not the first time that he's predicted social change like that. With uh, mm-hmm. he predicted um, echo chambers too with uh, Metal Gear Solid Two back in the day. But yeah. the the Wow. That first wor- that big world, because you've got like three world maps that you can explore in to kind of isolate the story to certain areas. But that one big world, there's only one incinerator on it. And if you haven't <laughs> built the highway yet, <laughs> you're in for a freaking trek, man. Let me tell yeah. you what, because it's all the way on the west side of the map. So yeah. it, it uh, I did that to where I thought like maybe if I clear this bandit camp, if I kill all the bandits, um, they won't spawn back. And I was I was wrong. Um, they do spawn back, <laughs> but it's it's work because you got this baby on your chest that is oh, a right, connection. It is a baby born to a dead mother, and oh, so really, really, foot. really dark world in this game. In, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's got a foot in the world because that's what it is. Is the Death Stranding is somehow the world of the living and the world of the dead are living parallel to each other and now mm. have meshed, and so oh, these babies. Okay called bridge babies since they're born to a dead mother they have a foot in the living and a foot in the dead and they can help people detect these uh ghosts but Mm -hmm. at that same time if you kill someone that baby's gonna feel it and he ain't gonna like it um part of what you have to do is you have to keep that baby happy because like you submerge (laughs) yourself in water if you take a fall the baby will get pissed off and one of the mechanics i thought was so cute was like you could take the baby off your chest 
and use your the six axis and the PlayStation controller to rock the baby back to yeah. Back you rock to the like controller. And you stuff. rock the controller and you and you go, hey, calm down, come, sh- shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's but, so uh, fun. The acting and the re- is great. The story is great. The the mama chapter made me cry. Margaret um, Qualley, um, uh, who uh, she was in. Um, she had a small part in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's done a bunch of stuff. Mm. After her performance in Death Stranding, I want to watch everything she does forever and ever. The actress who plays Mama. Mm. She's so good. Mads Mikkelsen plays the villain. Ooh, um, Hannibal. Uh, I love him. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro, a different voice actor, but the body of Guillermo del Toro plays like the guy who does all the science on the bridge babies. So you get this weird fucking director man talking about, He's- and this baby is connected to you. I love it. Um, <laughs> the scene where he yanks freaking uh, Sam into the shower and is like having a really like in-depth secret conversation with him in the shower. It just he just does not care, and yeah. he's yeah he's great. It, it, the the fact exactly. that they it's have like a different you voice have to you have too. to like go to the bathroom, yeah. like you have to shower uh-huh. regularly, or you start to like feel gross. Huh. Um, but because Sam, your character is kind of weird. Like I didn't uh, uh, like his. You you can make pee bombs. It's so weird. It's such one a weird of the first game. weapons so you fun. get is to throw your pee at people because you have some condition oh. called dooms that uh well at the ghosts um you could throw them at, at the people ghosts. if you want. I want to try that. See if that does anything. What happens if you throw <laughs> pee at the bandits? <laughs> it's got like pee bombs and and but you you yeah you mostly use non lethal weapons and it's a focus on the world though the world is the story yeah and Sounds very it, cool. the soundtrack uh low roar i had low never roar, even I heard of them the, before yeah. um but i can't tell you how many times you crest a, you crest a hill and you come into a big new open portion of the world and the camera zooms out and low roar starts playing in the background and i'm just like this is this is nice um yeah. And they would like credit the song on screen. It's like the song, Low Roar, mm-hmm. courtesy of so-and-so records. And it's like, oh, oh we just, we're going all out with this production. Okay. Is, is Low Roar the song or one of the songs? It's the band. Is that the, no, Low Roar the is the band. Yeah. It, and okay. it's, it's one guy in Norway who does all of it. Um, oh, and he, really? Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's an American, but he's lived in Norway. I think Norway, maybe Sweden, one of those, for a long time now. And he basically said in an interview, he has like four or five albums. And he was like, oh, no, music has never paid the bills and I was getting ready to hang it up. And then Hideo Kojima put basically two complete albums in this game and he's making a ton of money. It's like, it saved his career. It's crazy. I I tried looking him up before when the game was out and I couldn't find anything anywhere for this guy. I was like, who who are these? I thought it was a band like band band. So I I was like, who are these people? Conan O'Brien's in it. He gives you an otter hat. I forgot Conan O'Brien is in that fucking game. Oh my god! I blocked that out. So, Danny, so every time you go to like a settlement, there's like a, a the person who lives there. You meet their hologram because they don't come out to meet you. Mm. So they come and and he they're all motion captures of real people, and they're like people Hideo Kojima likes. And somehow he convinced one of them to be Conan O'Brien. Oh my god! That's and funny. I mean it's he's just like, hey, you got a delivery for me? And it's like, that's why are you in this game, Conan? And he's Does like, he don't like ask questions. Himself? Yes, it's That's just hilarious. Conan O'Brien is in the game as like some post-apocalyptic survivor. That's so, uh, the cosplay artist's yes. roommate. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he gives you, once you reach a certain relationship level with you, 
your your little hood that automatically pops up when it starts raining. He yeah. he can take it to where it turns into a a little otter with like little hands that come to right here. Oh, yeah, and then you swim faster <laughs> or something. Otter hat. Yeah, um, but, but a last thing about that stranding, I did I did before I hung up that game. I did get five stars with every person you could talk to, which was oh, way too much work. So hard on that right now. Well, I got five stars with everyone. Wait, oh, yeah, he's an mountain. asshole. Yeah, <laughs> that one because like I did five stars with everyone. I was like, where? I finally gave up and I looked it up. I was like, who am I missing? And they were like, the first prepper, see that mountain? He's all the way up on the top of it. And I thought the spiritualist was the worst one. No, <laughs> no, the, the first prepper is the hardest one to get to. There's no shortcut. I built like a stupid zip line that dropped me off like right above his settlement. And that helped eventually, but it was wacky. You got to, you can build buildings. That's another cool part about the world is you can build buildings. And there's a possibility that those buildings will be shared into other people's worlds. Yeah. So you'll, and that. in your world, you'll come across other people's buildings and you can leave likes on their buildings like if Aww, you can nice. either take it apart be be like this i don't know why this is here i'm going to take this apart or you can like it and just there's no benefit whatsoever to the like system huh. <laughs> but you'll log in and the first thing that'll show up on the game is it'll be like this many people used your stuff you got this many likes and one time i logged in after not playing for like three months and it was like you have 400 something thousand likes and i was just like oh my god I, I one time built a, a zip line. I built a zip line spot in a really difficult area. Mm -hmm. And I turned in the next day and it was like, you have 500 likes. And I was like, oh, my zip line got used. Oh, they other strangers are using this zip line I built. That's so cool. Yeah. That's this so is fun. this has become just a, a, a really hardcore promotion of Death Stranding. Everyone, I love this game. Please play it. But um, do. Uh, Taylor, before we get to the end of the game, I wanted to ask one last thing about Anthem. Which yes. is we've we've seen a lot of uh, recently, like in the past four years, this really sucks. A lot of like unfinished games coming out. Shout out to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which I think we'll probably do a whole episode on one day. Because oh, what a train wreck! Ooh, let me Where, know. Oh, and then because I I might play it eventually, but no rush. But um, it's playable and, uh, now. But yeah, that's what I've heard. Playable. It's, can you believe yeah, that's playable. the term? You can turn it on and it doesn't no, explode your PlayStation. <laughs> they're not T posing down the street anymore. They're actually walking. Um, <laughs> it's that's that's why I say when it's playable, it's good. I beat it. Yeah. it's good. Um, cool. Yeah. Sorry. But go I, ahead. I, but so we we see these games that come out either buggy or unfinished. In the case of Cyberpunk, both. Has Anthem had like patches or updates that have maybe improved the quality of the game since it released, or is it kind of just like? Because I remember, oh my god, I forgot this. I remember when the news broke that Bioware was like, we're not going to keep releasing patches for Anthem. Like, the sales were not there. The reputation is already gone. We said we were going to work on this game for the next four years to keep adding stuff to it, but actually we're not. There is that. I don't know if you could see my face as you were, you were describing <laughs> that. Um, I was very upset when, Anth when Bioware made that announcement. Yeah. I was like, this game... It's got to be were, one yeah. of the most potential-filled games hmm. I've played in so long, and y'all are just going to drop it. Um, yeah, That's they've sad. stepped back to work on Mass Effect 4, or Mass Effect 5, actually, is what it's going to be called. They're calling it Mass Effect 4, I think, because Andromeda is like not about Shepard. Who knows? We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some stuff in the trailer that make people think that Andromeda is going to be canon. Um, but mm. and, uh, the new Dragon Age game. Um, yes. To where Soul, is, which from what I hear, it sounds like it's going to be the end of Dragon Age. Um, oh, Soul wow. is going to step forward as the main villain, and uh, it's going to be cool. yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, but they kind of just were like, "Why did we even work on this trash can?" There was so <laughs> much backlash 
that they have talked about how they're making a Anthem 2.0, um, oh, which okay. at this point will just be Anthem 2. And that's what makes me mad. When they announced Anthem 2.0, it was close enough to the release of Anthem 1 that I was like, this could be just a really big patch. And at this point, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's going to be a sequel. And they're going to sell it to mm-hmm. us at full price. And I'm not going to buy it. I'll buy it. I'm not going to buy it. (laughs) That's my problem as a consumer is it's like I give these guys as gaming companies way too much of my money for games that I know probably aren't going to be as good as they end up being. But Billy, you're absolutely right. Too many companies are making games that are just incomplete or buggy right now. Mm -hmm. And I I hope I really hope it's just not like some closet skeleton crew being like, make some tweaks to the game and we'll sell it to them as a sequel and be like, whoops, Um, (laughs) because it's way too long to have to to be a patch at this point. But I've looked at some of the little bits of footage they have released of the actual game and Anthem 2.0 looks good. Okay, Um, that's about all I can say on it, though, because it's (laughs) in there so much. It's like. I don't. If you announced Anthem two tomorrow, my eyes are going to roll into the back of my head. I'm not going to be happy. Um, yeah. Uh, drop the. I'd hate to say it. Drop the product at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless you're certain this thing's going to be a freaking masterpiece, but. I mean, Destiny two kind of pulled it off. Where Destiny one was a letdown, and then they just kind of redid the whole game, released it as a whole as a sequel, and it's just Destiny one but better. <laughs> I yeah, I I loved Destiny one. Uh, Destiny is why I bought my PlayStation. Um, gotcha. Destiny's my my guilty pleasure. I'll put it down and I'll say I'm not going to play you anymore, and then I'm like, okay, I didn't mean it. Come back. Um, <laughs> and I love the raid systems. I loved raiding, and in Destiny one, there was a purpose to raiding. It was the mm. only way to get all the high level gear. And some of my favorite memories gaming with friends is doing raids in Destiny. And Destiny 2 just kind of took raids and kind of chucked them out the window. They were like, yeah, you could get six people together to do this thing. We're not going to tell you how to beat and you got to figure it out on your own. Or you can do eight of these other activities we've given you now. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. when Destiny 2 also released, they kind of released in the same way Destiny 1 did to where the base game was really empty but then they followed it up really quick with a couple of small DLCs. Mm-hmm. And then the third DLC was this big one. That's actually how the game should have been. And yes, I was I like, remember that. Bungie, what are you doing? This is twice now. <laughs> fool me, fool me twice. Shame on you still. But it's, <laughs> I mean, come on. And, but now they're not even, it doesn't even look like they're going to make a Destiny 3. It looks like yeah. they're just going to content patch it and slowly remove previous content to keep them from doing the Warzone thing to where you got to, 200 something gigabyte file on your device yeah. that's yeah. taken up a third of your memory hmm. um i wish anthem had done that i would have eaten that up because some of the contact patches for anthem after it did come out were, were a lot of fun the cataclysm event was a lot of fun it did put effort into the flying mechanics and more focus on that um it wasn't because all of the dungeons took place in like tight corridors to where you only flew whatever you were flying to a new location and the cataclysm events were outdoors. So it was all flying, buzzing around. You weren't, you know, don't give me a big flying suit and then tell me to use cover mechanics. Um, it's, it's like, yeah, don't give me, you know, potatoes and tell me to make a fruit salad. Um, it, it just <laughs> didn't work. And they, it, it looked like they were correcting their mistakes and then that announcement came out and everybody was just like, can I have my money back? I, I had friends oh. refund the game. They refunded the game. They were like, I want my money back. 
Wow. I've held on um, to it. It's sitting on the shelf back there. I held on to it and I still keep playing it. I love it. I, so I guess that'd be my, my last question is, would do you think Anthem is worth buying now or would you recommend it currently? Depending on the price. If it ever drops below 30 <laughs> bucks, straight up. If it ever drops below 30 bucks, absolutely pick it up. It's a lot of fun. You'll sink some time into it. My view on games and money is that, you know, how much money do you spend when you go out to a night to have dinner? Um, yeah. You're going to invest a lot more time into this than you are that. And you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. If uh, the game is polished, it's well done. It's just a little empty. You're going to be like, there. I feel like there should be more. Um, mm-hmm. okay. But if you're, if you're into fast 3D world action, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I definitely, nice. I thoroughly wholeheartedly enjoy it. Um, especially if you, you weren't somebody who followed the hype train like I did. I think that's part of why I was so disappointed was because I allowed the hype train to get me where I did. Um, yeah. but it's, Easy it's, to do. it's still lovable. It's still a lovable nice. game. Yay. That's so lovely. <laughs> I'm glad that you came around to liking it. I, I did have one question yeah. um, before we play a game. So I know you said um, that when you reviewed it on your YouTube channel that you like shit on it. So when you like initially played it, did you just hate it across the board and then you grew to love it? Or have um, you see, that's the thing that I, had, like, a little bit of love I love. I've always had a deep, deep seated feeling uh, uh, loving towards the game. Um, that's yeah. the thing that I love about y'all's podcast is that it's mm-hmm. let's focus on the silver lining, the bright side of life. Um, yeah. And my channel is very much a I'm going to nitpick every nitpick I can, because mm-hmm. if you don't say and I'm not doing it as like, oh, this stuff is trash. Um, it's a <laughs> it's a hey, come on, y'all can do better. You know, mm-hmm. when we were kids, we played games that couldn't get patches and updates. What you released was what we got. And if it was bad, it was bad. You weren't fixing it. Yeah. Um, you stop relying on us getting upset about something to be like, maybe that shouldn't have been in the game. That <laughs> question needs to get hit before it's released to us. And that's kind yeah. of the purpose of what I do in reviews is to highlight yeah, things that, that should not be there. Um, (laughs) but at the end of the day, I'll also, in my videos, there's, there's quite a few games I praised, uh, stuff like Greedfall, Death Stranding. I called it my game of the year. Death Stranding is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. I released a completely separate review of Ghost of Tsushima, um, to where all I did was say, I freaking love Ghost of Tsushima. The ending made me cry. I don't know if you played it yet, Billy. It's, uh, it's good. It's really good. I'll play it. Uh, It's on my list. I'll play it. (laughs) You write haikus, it's, John, my boyfriend. He's yeah, you can write right. haikus. It's got a little well, system help. where you Let write haikus help. and it gives you a headband. <laughs> yeah, you get to like click on which like phrase you want for it. Oh, it's so, and it was just so beautiful. It was so pretty. I never really played it, but I watched him play it. And I was like, this is so nice. And the mm. music was very peaceful. The, we follow the wind. It was just nice yep. to watch. It was. Um, but speaking of games, Billy, Ooh. would you like to play a game? Oh, uh, well, let's play a game. Um, yeah, I would. I would love to play a game. So Taylor and listeners at home, this is how we like to end our show. We play a game called What a Pitch. And What a Pitch is a game where our guest will come up with an object in the media, say a movie, a TV show, a video game, uh, a, a zine from 1986, a concept album, um, and then a genre. And then Dagny and I will each have 30 seconds to pitch that idea to our guest, and then they'll pick a winner. I am going to go first this week. So Dagny, fuck off. Oh, she already turned her... Th- all right, I love you. Sorry I said that. She already turned her things off. Uh, all right, and Taylor, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. 
the, the, the nervous system jitters are gone. And I realized that I had to re uh, change the subject because Dagny's not gamer. Oh, no, do it anyway. No, it's okay. It's whatever you uh, want. It does not matter. Totally, <laughs> totally shoot her in the knee before it even starts and be like, yeah, you right. don't even know this topic, but <laughs> <sighs> I'm racking my brain. I'm sorry. No, you. Hey, if you want to do the video game one, she's she's got enough knowledge. She could do it. Probably. It was it was uh, what's that? What's that cupcake show where people have to or the, the baking oh, like cup- show where people have to bake, um, but they're not really good bakers. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, it was going to be like yeah. But Death Stranding characters, because I knew you knew Death Stranding before I was coming gotcha. on. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, she wouldn't know uh, that one. Say nailed it, but what's somebody you wouldn't expect? You know what? Nailed it, but it's Shang-Chi, since y'all were bragging about that show so much at the yeah, start yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, So, Let's So, like, l- like, the characters? Yeah, Shang-Chi characters. Okay, cool. So already, uh, it's going to be a family showdown. It's We're not going to have Aquafina. She's too funny. She can maybe be the guest judge. But we're going to have Shang-Chi, his sister, and his dad. <laughs> They're the three competitors. And it's still just a baking show. They have to bake. They have to do the best thing they can. Um, but uh, maybe they get into a martial arts fight at some point. Maybe they just they, they start throwing cake at each other. But um, plot twist is uh, that obviously Xiaoling, the sister, she wins. Um, she actually comes out with like a perfectly baked cake. No one knew she could do it. The father and the son, their stuff's a mess. They look like the regular nailed it contestants, but she has a perfect cake that no one, no one expected. And that's my time. <laughs> I want to bring Dagny back. <laughs> Hi, Dagny. Hello. That was so a while, I was, but I want to see what, yeah, what happened. I had to, I had to rethink what I was going to do because before coming on oh. here, I knew Billy was a fan of Death Stranding before this. And I was going to say, uh nailed it but death stranding and then uh nailed i was it. like wait dagny doesn't know so i can't do that billy was like nah shoot her in the knee do it do it do it and <laughs> i would have fumbled my way through but i definitely would have had the the lower hand of that well uh, to hop on something y'all both knew since y'all were both raving about it at the start of this i said uh shang chi <gasps> yes uh but nailed it oh or, nailed okay. it shang chi character so billy gave his and let's let's hear what you got Okay, um, so I know Nailed It is a baking show, but we're going to take the idea, but it's going to be kind of pimp my ride. So it's going to be Aquafina will be the host and the judge because in the movie, she's a valet driver and she's very good with cars. So all the other characters will be given a baseline like Honda Civic 1990, like the most basic car possible. And they have to like soup it up to make it the coolest, best car. And then Aquafina judges at the end, which one of them uh, made their, made the best car. And that's, that's my pitch. Okay. <laughs> but like, they're not great at it, obviously. Cause they don't oh know God. cars. <laughs> they do. I'd be like, uh, nailed it, but my right. I, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, that was a little a little strange, but that was uh, yeah, that's what wow. came to mind. <laughs> I I gotta admit, uh, Billy stayed on topic, so the win goes to him. But Dagny, that is <gasps> that's an idea, man. <laughs> oh, I would have idea. given Dagny the win. I'm so honored. I would have given Dagny the win for sure. Technicality, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dagny's <laughs> Dagny's the winner here. That you need to pitch that to MTV, man. I will. Pit My Ride was peak MTV time. And I oh, just, man. the cars are such a big thing in the movie that I was like, ugh, baking. And you know what? We got to go away from that. <laughs> you know what, Dagny? I will take this win because I saw Malcolm this last weekend, friend of the mm-hmm. pod, Malcolm Roy. 
And he wanted me to have a conversation with you about our episode with Nellie Dennis. Oh. About the what a pitch there because he thinks I was robbed of a win. In I don't even remember what the what a pitch was. Me neither, but I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll take this one just to make up for it. Fair, fair. But honestly, I am proud of my pitch. Um, a lot of times, yeah, we can I- honestly we'll find who represents Aquafina. Get her on board. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be like, hey, girl, you're great and talented. You want to do a competition reality show? Great. Um, um, and here's a fun thing you can do now. There's been a lot of people who have found old Pimp My Ride cars and how they are now. Are they and pieces basically, of shit? They're pieces of shit. It's like <laughs> all surface level. Everything was done on the cheap. Sometimes they didn't really fix the engine. They just like put a bunch of TV screens in there and were like, do you like your car now? Oh um, my god. Oh, no. I, I saw a whole thing on YouTube of a guy found this like hot pink minivan that was on Pimp My, Pimp My Ride. And he was like, and what he worked for a, like a mechanic. He's like, and we're going to fix this, fix this back up. And yeah. after like three videos, he was like, guys, I don't even know if I'll ever get this to run. He's like, I oh, put no. so much work into this and it's still a piece of shit. No. It's hilarious. Uh, oh my gosh. Wow. Well, Taylor, thank you for being here today. We're so glad Absolutely. that you reached out because yeah, I'm so happy that you were on here today. Um, I'm so glad I, catching up with you guys. Yeah, it's been so long. It's um, honestly crazy. Yeah, it's been so nice to see you. 17 years. Since we met, at least, yeah. Yeah. I probably haven't seen each other in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So 11 years. Wait, okay. No, yeah, my math is terrible. I was going to say 11. (laughs) But still, at least 11 years. How old are we? No, like since we, yeah, probably like 10 or 11 years since we've seen each other. Because Billy's been in LA for seven or eight years now. Yeah. 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 Um, But but before we go, Taylor, what's your YouTube channel? Yeah. What are you on? Oh, yeah. uh, On the cash, super cash, I run a YouTube (laughs) channel called Dirty, Disgusting, Despicable Gaming. We are working to just abbreviate that down to Triple D Gaming. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's. uh, I make uh, critique videos, top 10 videos, stuff like that. And we're also working to try to create a podcast at some point talking about the deeper understanding of the gaming community, the little things about the community that you may not know, like uh, uh, company power shifts, switching uh, directions, things you may not have known about the game, like Anthem with the developers and stuff like that here. Um, Kind of like gaming news, but going in depth about it. So hopefully we can get that up and running a little more actively. I haven't uploaded anything cool. in about six months, <laughs> but uh, I've, I have had life. Um, so I'm yep. sure everybody yeah. with life right now understands that. And uh, hopefully we can get that going somewhere. Yeah. So, but so I'm very thankful for y'all having me on here. It was, of course, this yeah. was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You brought it. Yeah. Honestly, it was perfect. Um, I love when people bring in something that Billy and I either vaguely know or don't know. Cause then mm-hmm. we get to, be educated along with the public. Um, but other than that, that this has been Poptimist. Um, yeah. Hey, let's want... plug our live show. Oh, yeah. We will have a live show coming up in two weeks-ish. Yep. September 26th. Yes. Uh, we'll have September tickets 26th. available on our Instagram. They're going to be five whole dollars. Just five whole bucks. Um, yep. and, and it'll work like our last live show. You can tune in as we're recording. You can ask us questions, ask our guest questions live and be a part mm-hmm. of the episode. Um, and we do this in conjunction with a platform called Bright Live. And shout out to Bright for signing us to begin with. You guys are great. Thanks for all the help and all yeah. the cool shit. And then what else you got, Dagny? Uh, September 26th. 
26th, yes. Um, but follow our Instagram because we'll have updates for that. Speaking of which, I need to post some of the things they sent us. Um, <laughs> so that reminds me. But follow our Instagram. It's just PoptimusPod. And uh, you'll get updates about episodes coming out and our live show. And also, if you have a hot take of your own or if you'd like to be a guest, just email us at poptimuspod at gmail.com. And we'd love to have you on and also hear your hot takes. And I guess that's probably it. So everybody sure. say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.